solution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body out line and chalk. I left the institution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body out line and chalk. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. This is Amadi and Ragu. Again. We are back in here. This is House to House Podcast. As always, um, please uh, check out our podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Play Music Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Or SoundCleasy, as the kids are calling it. It's like that Taco Bell commercial. You see that little Taco Bell? Oh, you Silly. You did a little chicken thing. It's hilarious. You like the chicken choop choop. Yeah, as the young people are calling it. It's pretty fun. Um, and as always, um, please join our Facebook group, um, House to House. Uh, it's the word house, the number two, and the word house, where we advance our Father's kingdom one house at a time. Um, so, yeah, it's been a couple weeks, um, but we are going to continue the conversation. I want to definitely thank everyone who's um, continuing to chime in on the uh, Facebook group. Had a really spirited discussion the last couple weeks about spiritual authority. I thought uh-huh. that was really awesome. So we actually may look into do. I, you know, I thought about doing that um, later, maybe having like a, a panel type thing. We, we we may do that later. Um, get some brothers together and just sit down and um, chit chat about spiritual authority. I think that'll be a good lively, lively discussion. Um, but moving on with the conversation that we've been having here, um, just about the culture change and. New model and new revelation and and new light and you know for for many of you uh, a lot of this stuff is new. Some of you might be things that you've heard before, um, but you know one of the things that we can never do is if you think that you know something right and someone may be talking about it, don't tune it out. Like I've heard that before, whatever, because the Lord can always show you. You know Abraham almost killed his son until God said, "Hey, hold on, brother." So you know it's a ram right there. Relax. And so, you know, there, there, there's always something new that God can show you. Right. And even as uh, in the natural, you know, that cows have X amount of stomachs and they <laughs> they eat their food about, about, I think it's like three or four times. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then be able to regurgitate and find nutrients still, even with whatever is remaining. So that's a good example. Exactly. So we can bring things back up and, you know, sift through it to see if the Lord shows some new light and some new revelation. That's a really good example. So we we ended um, the last episode talking a little bit about, you know, well, a lot of it, right? We you know, <laughs> talk about the family and, you know, in that this model that the Lord is building his house is going to be based upon the, the model of the family. Um, but we know that there are many people who may say, OK, I don't have the greatest example of family. I don't I don't have all of these different points of reference, Amadi Ragu, that that you guys are are talking about. Do I have a place here? Do do I have a a place here in this new model that you're talking about? Yeah. And I think that's that's a great place and a launching point, because unfortunately, due to societal norms, there is you can say that. I don't want to just throw out random statistics, but it's it's very difficult to say that a lot of the families uh, center or have the the core nucleus of a father, a mother, and, you know, of course, by natural progression, you'll have kids. 
but those kids being able to lean into the father and <clears throat> being able to see and adopt and get these these cultural things passed on from the father to the child no exactly i mean and it's i mean I, I, it's like once you look at like revisit the entire bible essentially you know when, when you go back and you look at the scriptures once you strip off this existing model that we've all, you know, been introduced to. And, you know, we don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. There, you know, there there were some good things that we got out of our time in being in an institution, you know, salvation, right? Righteousness, holiness, you know, living by the word. Consistency. Yeah. yeah. So there there were things there, but it's, it's almost like um, I heard somebody ask me this question the other day. Um, they said, can you graduate? And we were talking about church and things like that. And they were just like, you know, I'm not deviating from our discussion, but I think it's pertinent. They said, can, can you graduate? And I was like, well, what are you talking about? Because they, you know, they stopped going to church and that, that, that whole nine. And, you know, one of the things that people think is that what they do and kind of what we're doing is the same thing. They just stopped going to church. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Oh, can, can you graduate? Can't you just graduate from church? I'm like, what do you mean graduate? Well, you know, like elementary school, you, you learn some things and then you graduate and you go to middle school but the mistake that people make is i say okay you're going from somewhere but where are you going and they can never tell me where they're going you know where they're headed yeah i understand you feel like you've matured quote unquote right air quotes for the out of the institution but where are you headed to because god is still building something just because you stop going to a church that's not the end of it Mm -hmm. and so going back to the the point here about this substitution god is using it build a trajectory for us to realign us with his uh, original goal and you know one of the scriptures that Raghu and I were talking about um, before we um, came on air was in James you know James 1 you know James writes in uh, James 1 verse 27 that pure and undefiled religion before the Lord or before God the Father is that you make a case for orphans and widows and their misfortune so why why would he specifically call out orphans and widows? Well, clearly, you know, orphans, that means they have no family that have adopted them into their family. And, of course, you know, widows, uh, by definition, is one who was previously married and their husband <clears throat> is no longer in the picture. So... Those are two fundamental things, and and the two trends that you two trends that you're, you're seeing is the lack of a male figure in the proper position to take proper oversight and care and responsibility for that individual, whether it be the orphan or the widow. Exactly, you don't have a reflection of the heavenly Father. So in in both cases, it's the same essential piece that is missing. And so what he's telling the the body that, that that he wrote the letter to is, hey, listen, even for those who are not in the optimal situation, right? Because this is what we're talking about. People who are not in the optimal situation, they still need their trajectory redirected to the father. So for you men, for you leaders, for you fathers, for you brothers who are calling yourselves pure and undefiled. Right. I'm Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, all, all of the good jargon that, that we like to use. Where is your care for the fatherless? Where is your care for the orphan? Where is your care for the widow? And uh, 
I'd like to grab a quote from uh, a good friend of mine who said, you know, one of the true characteristics or true things that will be defined is when you see somebody under pressure or in a position where where they're in pressure is their reaction or their response. And so back in alignment to, to what Amadi was, was just mentioning, those individuals that say that they are all these things, you know, that internal whatever it is that you're saying you're full of has to be shown on the outside as well. That's good. Yeah. If you slice an apple open, it's apple all the way through. It's not, you know, you don't cut it open and see plum in there and pear. No, we, it has to be through and through. And that's essentially the definition of integrity. That's what integrity is. Something, If something is integral, that means it's consistent all the way through, through and through. So really, really good example. So let's let's keep going with this with this thought, because many of us know the the verse in Acts, right, where. The seven brothers are are chosen, and people like to call it the choosing of deacons and and that sort of thing, and that's that's fine. You know, I'm not I'm not here to argue Christian dogma, you know. But what I'd like to look at is the genesis of that. You know, sometimes that piece is missed mm-hmm. in the discussion of it because they go on to to do great things, but many times in the scripture you have to look at the genesis of something. And so in, in Acts 6, in verse 1, it says, in, in the days when the disciples were growing in number, a complaint rose on the part of the Greek-speaking Jews against the native Hebrew Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the 12, obviously the, the original 12 minus Judas plus Matthias, um, called together the group of disciples and said, it is not right for us to neglect the word of God to wait on tables. Um, select from among you brothers, seven men who are well attested, full of the spirit and full of wisdom that we may put in charge of this necessary task. And then we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. And then, of course, we know that the group is chosen. But why, again, did the 12 apostles feel that this was necessary that's very key that they made this. We are not dismissing this, you know, which is what people will do. Mm-hmm. I don't got time to be dealing with this food program. No, he says this is a necessary task. Why? Because these widows still need their trajectory pushed towards the family, towards the right alignment with God the Father. So we want seven men full of wisdom and righteousness and full of the spirit and who have a good report to attend to their needs because you know there still is well first of all in the oversight of things these apostles the apostles excuse me saw it uh important in in respect to that their the feeding of the the jewish jewish people was important and that wasn't something they were able to delegate their time to so the important thing was to elevate or put people in charge and to be responsible for these duties as well as still seeing that there is righteousness and justice in the body of Christ. Amen. And there is no inequality with res- with respect to access to certain vital things and in this case, you know, having food. And these men will be appropriate and accurate representations of God. That's that's so important what you just said, Ragu, because it's Imagine if they would have picked seven immature brothers, right, or or seven men who happen to just be wealthy and who could afford to buy the food. No, they they picked specific characteristics because it was more about the representation of the father 
It was about, we want to find seven men who can still adequately represent the father. And maybe these men may not be married or may not have other responsibilities. So they could focus their attention on something like this, mm -hmm. right? Because again, the disciples were growing in number. So this may have become a large and arduous task. So, you know what, let's find seven brothers, but we're not just, hey, who, who, who has some time? You know, we do just find anybody who's, a, no, 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 no. This is still about representation. So let's find some brothers who are well attested that, you know, that means have a good represent, you know, um, a good like uh, what's a, uh, reputation, excuse me. good rapport. Yeah. yeah, they have a good reputation and they're full of the spirit and they're full of wisdom. And we want to put them in charge because it's the the importance of them representing the father is more important than the actual task itself. So, again, these are all just examples for you guys to see that if you go back to the scriptures with new eyes, you'll see through, in, in, in all these Bible stories, God's intent was to get people realigned with him as their father and that the, the, the body of believers was meant to reflect a family. Yeah. So, I mean, on a side tangent, I was definitely just seeing or, or making note here that even Stephen... Stephen, who was stoned uh, in the previous uh, excerpt, he was chosen as one of the seven who were responsible for this duty. And even unto the point where he got stoned to death for uh, believing that Jesus Christ is Lord. And it, it got to the point where <clears throat> he was being the proper example of, of God and the people were not we're not pleased with that. So now with, with these, with these new eyes, right? Mm -hmm. We go back and, and we look at Stephen and it says like Stephen full of grace and power was performing great miracles and wondrous signs among the people. Now with this new revelation, the first question would be, well, what people, those widows, mm -hmm. those widows got to see a reflection of the father, right? Because again, going back to what we've been talking about, getting out of this CEO model, Right, they, they were probably looking to, where's the apostles at? I want to be with the apostles. And they're like, well, we have to attend to other things. But we have men here who are full of the spirit and full of wisdom. And so now all of a sudden, they see Stephen in a new light. Oh, man. And the number of disciples grew. Right. So after the men were chosen, that the, the word in verse 7, the word of God continues to spread and the numbers of disciples continue to increase greatly. Why? Because these other men now, God has raised up to be a reflection of him and to still do these things in the, because God's heart was still for these widows to be engrafted, to be, you know, to have their trajectory changed and to see him as father. So these, these things are, are, are pivotal for us to see, um, in, in the light of, of this new revelation. So as we're chatting, so we got people who were widows, right? We got orphans again, not optimal, not in the optimal, uh, situation. So now we have to bridge the gap. So how do you, uh, allow these orphans as well as widows to have the proper care that they'll need when there's not the proper authority in place. So that's that's not a question that's not answered because even even Timothy he had a biological father and mother, and yet still had the essential need of somebody to take him further in the Lord. It's so what what we're talking about is is a substitution. Right. And so what is that substitution? That's that's the first question we have to ask. 
Because even even if you say, okay, we've talked about widows, we've talked about orphans, and listen, we can keep it 100. People who are not married yet, people who might be divorced. Listen, all of that is part of it. These are all situations that we find ourselves in. And God is going to send us those who will redirect our trajectory to realign with him as father. And even another one, right? What if you're married? What if you're, you know, been married for a long time and your spouse is just immature? Just like, you know what? Forget this God stuff. I don't care about any of that. that listen, that's a situation that people find themselves in. Just like, you know, people might find themselves with their spouse deceased or, you know, divorced. I mean, you know, heaven forbid these things happen. Yeah, but all they, these scenarios yeah, but are these definitely happen. covered. The Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Well, the Bible is even not is not absent of things of, of that nature. So in, in first Corinthians um, chapter seven, right, Paul, Paul writes a, a very interesting thing. In, um he says about the unbelieving spouse. The unbelieving spouse um, is, I mean, let's see, it's uh, verse 13. probably want to back up to like yeah, 12. So, yeah, so let's look at 12 and 13. Um, he says, if a brother has a wife who's not a believer and she's happy to live with him, he should not divorce her. And if a woman has a husband who's not a believer and he's happy to live with her, she should not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified because of the wife and the unbelieving wife because of her husband. Otherwise, your children are unclean and not holy. Now, what what does that mean? Does does that mean I beat him over the head with the Bible all day? Right? Because even verse 15, um, if the unbeliever wants a divorce, let it take place in these circumstances. The brother or sister is not bound. God has called you to peace. Be at peace with the person. Um, verse 16, how do you know? wife whether you will bring your husband to salvation how do you know husband whether you bring your wife to salvation the bible is not silent on these things <laughs> so the paul understands you're a believer and your spouse is not and you're like man lord i want this person to get it right i i want this person to get it that you must sanctify them with your lifestyle let them see your lifestyle that's how they become sanctified. Why? Because they'll see, wow, she has every opportunity to disrespect me, to dishonor me, to do this, that, and the third. And she's choosing not to. They may not say it to you, but believe me that they're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm you know, I'm not honoring my husband, but he still chooses to love me and cover me and protect me and show me the father. They will see these things. It's, it's impossible for them not to. Now, they may go to the grave and never fully accept but don't they would have had the opportunity, right? At least have had the opportunity to say, wow, this is a reflection of the Lord. I am seeing the Lord, right? Not, hey, you need to read the Bible, read, you know, this, that. No, no, no. You beat him over the head. You push him you further, push him further mm-hmm. away, right? It's the kindness of the Lord that yeah. leads people yep. to repentance. It's, it's not browbeating them with the scriptures. But again, this is a situation that people find themselves in. What do we do? How do we how do we do this? What's going on, Amadi? What's going on, Regu? God still desires that that person's trajectory be redirected to see him as father. So the substitution, right? Um, I think the substitution is to have the the ecclesia. What we talked about, you know, previously in a few episodes before, you know, that that called out orderly body of believers to more adequately reflect the family. And you know, in a couple of previous. Um, uh, episodes we talked about 
the characteristics for leaders, right? We talked about overseers and deacons, and these things are referenced in Titus 1 and 1 Timothy 5, and why they give the certain characteristics that, that they do about leaders, that you have to be, a, be able to rule his own home, husband and one wife, raises children, yada, yada, yada. Why? Because those things are very specific about a family. And they want those characteristics, you know. I feel, I believe that that the the Lord wants those characteristics brought into the house of God. And I think, I think that's a good good way to traverse over to what what I mentioned a little bit earlier about just the fact that Timothy had the requirement of you know still growing further in the Lord, and his encounter first initially with Paul. Uh, it's it it was a launching point for their relationship, and you can see that in Acts sixteen. You got it, Amadi. Yeah. So in in Acts sixteen one, oh, right? Yep. Paul and uh, I believe it's a Paul and Barnabas. They they come to Derby and Lystra, and they meet a disciple. You know, his name's Timothy. And but what the scriptures you know show is that um, Timothy's mother was a believer, and I think he says even his grandmother was a believer. Um, but his father was. Was a Greek. Greek yeah. <laughs> I, I like how the Bible says a Greek. <laughs> Not that his father was Greek. His father was a Greek. I think to sort of hammer home the point that his father was a pagan or, or an, an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. And Paul meets Timothy. And then what does Paul says? You know what? I want Timothy to accompany me. I want him to begin to accompany me to the places in which the, the Lord's going to send me. Now that's a that is a great illustration of the heavenly father showing his love towards us because Paul's just a guy, right? Yeah. I mean, he's just a guy. I'm, I'm doing what the Lord's called me to do. But then his heart is turned towards this young guy, Timothy, man, his father's just out there doing whatever. And it, you come, come walk with me. It's almost like what Jesus did with the disciples. Come, come follow me. His heart is turned to, towards Timothy. And I would say that definitely there, I almost want to say that this may not have been the first time that, that uh, Paul encounters Timothy. The only reason why I say that is because there is a degree of circumcision, cir- uh, excuse me, degree of relationship. Because if you look down in uh, <clears throat> Acts 16.3, Paul circumcises him. He very well could have known about Timothy, heard Timothy's story, right? Brothers say, hey man, it's this young guy in, in, in Derby and Lystra is killing it for the Lord. He said, oh, I got to go meet this young brother. So yeah, no, there's... Paul could have been well acquainted with with Timothy and 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 his story, but his his heart is then turned towards Timothy, which which is amazing. And then you see, right? So we're 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 showing you guys the the substitution because this is a substitution. You know, we we talk about it how great it is, and 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 it it is great. It's amazing what the Lord did, but do not be deceived. This was God creating a substitution for Timothy because Timothy's father chose to abdicate his authority. Yep. Right. So, but then you see in, in first Corinthians three, what you see is the end result of these two men choosing to walk in this light, you know, walk in this way um, together in first Corinthians three, Paul obviously tells the the believers in Corinth that he cannot join them, you know, because he's predisposed. <laughs> he's kind of uh, in a predicament. <laughs> yeah. He's unavailable. But right around, let me see. So it's it's First uh, Corinthians four, verse fourteen. Um, in First Corinthians four, 
Um, Paul says, you know, I'm not writing these things to to shame you, but to correct you as my dear children. So he embraces the believers in Corinth as his children as well. And then he says, you know, for you may have thousands of, of guardians or teachers or instructors, different translations say different words there, but over, you know, caretakers, right? The, the sense is they haven't taken full responsibility. Though you may have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And I encourage you then to be imitators of me. Now, how will they imitate Paul? He's locked up. He's writing letters from prison. How is that possible that the believers in Corinth will be able to imitate Paul? Well, he's going to show them. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you. This is verse 17 of 1 Corinthians 4. I have sent Timothy to you, who is my dear and faithful son in the Lord. He will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. Now, that is the, the you know, maturation of a relationship that started in Acts 16. When Paul first meets this young guy, sees that his mother's a believer, but his father is an unbeliever. And now you see the, the you know, full representation of, of that relationship is Timothy has fully embodied the ways of Paul. In exactly. The and, you know, yeah. embodied them to the way to, to the to point. Replicate. Yeah. I could send you somewhere and I don't even have to be there. So it's almost as like if I was there. It's almost as. Yep. Exactly. So that's that's how God can utilize a substitution to redirect someone's trajectory back to realign them with the father. Because it's more than just getting saved. You know, Timothy was a believer. It's not just, oh, I got saved and I read the Bible. I now have to be integrated into the culture of God's house, into the culture of his kingdom. Right. Because being saved, that's like the free given pass that you get. You know, you can go to heaven. Congratulations. You know, <laughs> right. There is so much more. There is just so much more that is given. And the so much more is that being an embodiment and a representation and an extension of God's hand to the earth. So everywhere you go and you're treading, you're walking. No one needs words tread. You are you are God's representation in the earth. And of course, the goal is to progress in maturity and not just, you know, focusing on one thing or the other. But who is going to teach you these things apart from uh, a father? Right. Exactly. So you see, he talks to the to the people in Corinth that way. And you see this throughout the scriptures. Again, when you re when you reapproach the scriptures with this new light, new revelation, you'll see these things because John writes this in the epistles. Peter writes this in the epistles. They like they say, my dear children, mm-hmm. my my beloved children, my faithful children. Like now you see this again with new eyes as opposed to what we've seen before, which what we, you know, because we were reading the scriptures through the eyes of church incorporated, we saw it as the first Baptist in Corinth or the first Methodist of no, 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 no. They're, they're writing to people that they have invested their lives in and they walk with as children, as a family, right? I think it's Amos 3, 3 says that two cannot walk together lest they be in agreement. And so they come to an agreement that this is how we will live. This is how we will walk these things out. And so we want to end here because there's the ultimate, um, you know, comparison. You know, we can compare and contrast. And it's from the Old Testament. And it's the relationship of Abraham and Melchizedek um, is, you know, the ultimate substitution. Yep. You know, to, to the point in which 
the the Bible would say that Christ is a priest in the order of Melchizedek. Well, why yeah. would God choose someone who, from the Old Testament, who's a very kind of just a passing reference to then say, nope, Christ is like this guy. Look look to Christ the same way Abraham looked to Melchizedek. So I think yeah. next time we get into it, we're going to look at how Abraham um, related to Melchizedek. Yeah, and who, who Melchizedek is comparing to Christ. Why is Christ being compared to this Melchizedek character? Yep, as opposed to Terah, Abraham's father, which is uh, another good one. Uh, so we thank you guys for uh, you know laboring with us here, tarrying, as they say, um, with this discussion because we think it's very fruitful and we hope that everyone was edified. Again, as always, if you got questions, if you got comments, if you want to chime in, please jump on our Facebook group. Um, we, we just hope to continue um, having good discussions and, and good dialogue and hope that everybody, you know, can at least at at a minimum begin to uh, see some things from a new perspective. So, for Ragu, this is Amadi saying bye bye. Stay away. Institution, now that's some real talk. Live right the execution, now that's some real walk. Stay cool, cause outside my dude is real hot. Got bodies outlined out here in real chalk. I left an institution, now that's some real talk. Live right the execution, now that's some real walk. Stay cool, cause outside my dude is real hot. Got bodies outlined out here in real chalk. I left the institution real talk Living right the execution real walk And stay cool, stay cool Cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined and chalk I left the institution real talk Living right the execution real walk And stay cool, stay cool Cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined and chalk And stay cool, stay cool Cause it's hot outside and stay cool, stay cool Cause it's hot and stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside And get your body out line and chalk